1: Spirit of God, help me today to help your people communicate your word with simplicity and with understanding. Thank you Spirit of God that our lives are never the same in Jesus' matchless name. Amen and amen. Okay. I started a series last 2 weeks before the old man came in. on foundations you can build on. Psalm 11 verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Sometimes a life is not sometimes. All the time a life is always good that you start it on the right foundation. Because once you finish the building, you cannot go back and do anything on the foundation. The foundation takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of things to get the foundation laid. But once you lay it, you've laid it for good. The foundation of this building cannot be adjusted. About a year ago, when the COVID was up, we adjusted here and we created some windows. But that is on the superstructure. So when a building is completed, there are several adjustments that can go on. You can paint it. You can do a few adjustments here and there. But there is one part of a building that cannot be changed or adjusted once it's completed. And that is the foundation. It's the unseen part of the building and yet it's the most difficult part of the building. Praise the Lord. And your foundation will determine whether you will do well or you will not do well. In life. So it's important we appreciate foundation. Scripture says if the foundation is destroyed. You can't do anything. Things that have been destroyed. If the foundation is destroyed, what it means is that you cannot use prayer to change a wrong foundation. When the foundation is wrong, for instance, if you choose to marry somebody who is not born again, and then you bring this one who is a daughter of the devil into your home, no amount of fasting and prayer can bring peace and stability and harmony in your home. Are you with me here? Because scripture makes it clear. The foundation for Christian marriage is that do not be equally yoked with the unbelievers. Don't be Entangle with someone who is not born again. If he's not born again, he's not spirit filled. he's not tongue-talking, he doesn't believe in the things of God, and the things about church, you don't need him in your life. It's better to enjoy your single life than to bring a liability all your life. I'm not communicating here. Your life on earth is very brief, and so when you want to live it, you want to live it in a meaningful way. You want to live it in a, a very significant way, and who you live with matters a great deal. So, we are talking about foundation. If you are looking for a wife and your primary uh, look out for or your primary target is uh, skin color, height, and beauty, you may miss it. It's a wrong foundation. If you are looking for a man who has a baritone voice and talks with way and has a certain accent which he has acquired locally and is using to impress you, listen, it's a wrong foundation. Praise the Lord. A man who is lazy who can sleep all day and watch TV all night, it's a wrong foundation. A man who is asking you for money, Even before you are married, watch him. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying don't give to him. If you have, give to him. But I'm not saying a man must not be constantly be asking the wife for money. Praise the Lord. You are the head and you are the provider. You are the provider and the protector of your home. You should not be the, uh, the vice versa. If circumstances change, challenges come on the job and she has to step in and help, that's fine. But a man is a breadwinner. Somebody say, as a man, I'm a breadwinner. Yeah, every man. Your default setting is hard work. One thing that every man must have is the discipline to work. If you are lazy, you cease to be a man. Praise the Lord. The work, you know, work was not even given to Eve. Work was given to man. God gave man work. Told him dress. He put him in the garden, dress it and keep it. And afterwards, after he managed him, watched him, and saw that he was keeping it well. Then he said, I think that if you can keep your work like this, you can keep a woman. Because keeping her too is a very serious work. And if you can't just manage your office and clean your office and set it straight, making sure you keep taking care of a, a, a woman is a, a very complex work. You can't do it. Praise the Lord. So any man who is not disciplined at work can't keep a home. Am I here? Are you here with me? All right. I'm talking about foundation. Somebody say foundation. foundation. Yeah, foundation. I realize that a lot of people are trying to solve with fasting and prayer. What they should have sought with common sense from the beginning. What they should have sought with Bible sense from the beginning. When the foundation is 40, your life can go forward. You always have to go back to the foundation. And much so is our walk with God. In our Christian life, when your foundation is 40 you have problems. You have problems. Some people have a foundation of Christianity that is so typical of African traditional religion. So, if it is not coming in that Yehudios package, they can't accept it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Some people are also so mental that they are not open to the leadings and the sensitivity of the spirit. So, it's important that we lay a solid foundation. And last week, uh, I think last two weeks, I started teaching on the foundation of God's Word. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 to 15. By the grace God has given me. How many of you know you have grace? Say, I have grace. Say, I have grace. Good. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation. And this year, the grace. May you lay a foundation with it. The grace that bringeth salvation, lay a solid foundation with it. He said, The grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise master builder. What is he saying? What he's saying is that wise people, they lay proper foundations. If you meet somebody who is going to build and he's not taking time to really count the cost, count the cost, count the cost, and to know. How much is going to cost you to put up this property? We will know when we get there. That is a foolish man trying to bail. You don't know the cost of your foundation when you get there. you know it before you start. Praise the Lord. And every now and then we have politicians come to us with nice, nice languages. We ask them, what is the budget for this? They say, we will give it to you. Praise the Lord. And masses, gallible masses vote for them because we, we can not scrutinize things. Are you here with me? It's important that we appreciate that it is critical to sit down and count the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost. Jesus was speaking in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 28. He says, Which of you intending to build a tower, sit not down first and count the cost. Count it. Because if you don't count it, you will start, you won't finish. And at the end of the day, you become a source of mockery. And in the year of grace, you don't want to be disgraced. So you have to receive the grace of God to lay that solid foundation. Somebody say, I'm laying a solid foundation. Laying a solid foundation. foundation. All right. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 11, the New Living Translation. Verse 11. For no one can lay any other foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. No one can lay any other foundation than that which is already laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Please keep that under wraps. I'll I'll get to it soon. Look at verse 12. If anyone builds on. That's what we are talking about. If anyone builds on. That's where the title of my teaching is coming from. Foundations to build on. Or foundations you can build on. If anyone builds on. But while he tells us if anyone builds on, he establishes the fact that Christ is a foundation. We started last week we said that the foundation of God is a sure foundation. Somebody says a sure foundation. There are two foundations. Say there are two foundations. Yeah, there's a sure foundation and there is a shaky foundation. There's a foundation that can storm, stand the storms of life. And there's a foundation that cannot stand the storms of life. There's a firm foundation, and there's a shallow foundation. And Where you build will determine its ability to withstand the challenges of life. I told you, the challenges of life, they come to all people. The same way, the medical, the negative medical verdict you have, you are not the first to receive it and you won't be the last. The, The fact that you've been told to go home and you don't have a job, you are going to next Monday. You are not the first person to have that kind of experience. The fact that you have a challenge in your home and in your marriage, you are not the first all people go through the same experience, but people come out different, and it's because of the foundation upon where their lives are built. Jesus gave us a parable and narration in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and he tells us, Matthew 7:24 all the way to 27. He tells us about a wise builder and a foolish builder, and he says that the difference between them is that the wise man built on a solid foundation, the foolish man did not may we be wise in the house of God. So what is a solid foundation we can build on? Last 2 weeks I told you that the foremost foundation to build your life upon is God's word. Somebody say God's word. Say God's word. It's my firm foundation. Now say it boldly. God's word. It's my firm foundation. Yeah, you have to understand that. Somebody wrote a song many years ago, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand seek Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. There's a firm foundation. When you build your life on the rock of the word of God, you are sure. You are secure. No matter the storms that will come your way, you'll survive it. Are you here? In 2023, no matter the storms, you will survive it. As you build your life on these foundations, these building blocks, you will survive every storm. Shout, I'm surviving every storm. Okay, so you have to build it on the Word of God. Jesus a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Build on the foundation of the Word of God. And God's Word is a foundation to build upon because, number one, it comes before all things. Somebody say, it comes before all things. And then it's also a solid foundation because it made all things. Say it made all things. And then it's a foundation you can build on because it abhors all things. Say it abhors all things. All Say God's word all abhors all things. All and then number four is a foundation we can build on because it will outlast all things. Praise the Lord. It what At last all things. The Bible says, "Sam is deceitful and beauty is vain. But there are some things that endure forever. They are long lasting. One of them is the word of God. It's a solid foundation. How do I then build my life on the foundation of God's word? We say number one, you must love the word. Somebody say, I love the word. Amen. Say, I love the word. Yeah, you have to love the word. And when you love the word, you seize every opportunity to hear the word, to share the word, and to receive more of a word. David said, Psalm 119, verse 97 Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Me. That's David. I love the word. I love the word. You must love the word of God. Praise God. What you love is seen by the delight and the desire you have for it. When you love a person, you have great delight when you see them, and you have great desire when you've not seen them. Praise God. David said, the, the Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standard in the way of sinners, but seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law. What do you delight in? What is the thing that gives you the greatest joy and the greatest inspiration? What makes you excited? Is it politics? Or is God's word? Well? Is it all schools reunion or all schools association meeting or is God's word? David said, I have great delight for your word. When you read Psalm 112, verse 123, it's amazing how scripture puts it. He said, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. That delighted greatly. 2023, may you have a great delight in God's word. May you have great delight in God's word. Now, he says, when you do this, something happens. It's all, it's interesting that every time God talks about great delight in his word, he talks about amazing blessings to follow the same. Blessed is the man that feared the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. In other words, anything that comes out of him. When we talk about your seed, we are not just talking about your children, biological seed. but We are talking about anything that comes out of you. If it's an idea, if it's a business, whatever comes of you shall be mighty. 2023, may your dreams be mighty. Amen. May the ideas, the offspring of your life be mighty. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Those of you who like money, like me. How many of you like money? Why read verse 3? He said wealth and riches shall be in his house. Why? Because he loves God's law. He delights in God's law. You want to prosper? Let me show you. There is no other better key to real and lasting prosperity. The kind of prosperity that you will enjoy and have peace enjoying it. The kind of prosperity that comes without sorrow. The kind of prosperity that is enduring. The kind of prosperity that does not have you because but you have it. The kind of prosperity that does not control you but you control it then it's a product of God's way. In the book of Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Listen, if you're a child of God, never dream of prospering God's way outside of God's word. Never aspire, prospering God's way outside God's way. Never dream of prospering God's way outside God's word. Now listen, I, I, I'm no fool. I have some little bit of scripture sense up here. That's why I'm telling you that prospering God's way and through God's word. Because I know you can prosper the other way. And most of the time, unbelievers and foolish people actually make a lot of noise about that. Yeah. They make a lot of noise about that. Because when you are not saved, God does not really, he loves you, but in his sight, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So, one thing that identifies one who is not saved, that's why I tell people all the time, like the teaching we started on Wednesday about understanding salvation through Christ and all of that. Because, you see, when you don't get the right values, you'll be going after the wrong things. When you have the wrong values, you go for the wrong things. Like, for instance, if you have been raised to think that money is more important than relationships, you will easily trade money for money, or relationships. So you, you, let, you, you go through life with a trail of broken, destroyed relationships, yet you have so much money. Praise the Lord. We had a conversation last night. My, my, myself and my siblings were having a conversation, and uh, one of our brothers made a past statement, and Pastor Samin uh, came in with something that I, I felt was very, very, very smart. Praise the Lord. Very smart. One was making a lot of, trying to make a, a lot of argument uh, for the monetary side of the decision we're taking. And Pastor Samit drew his attention to the fact that, listen, after the money has been put together, you will need a human being to spearhead and to supervise the project. So money is not all that matters. Praise the Law, And there's a book I have done which uh, should be out soon. It's, it's about uh, the truth about money. Somebody say the truth about money the truth about money the thing we all taste but and yet <laughs> we don't seem to uh, get and the, the thing that sometimes people get and they are not able to enjoy for his law so your values your values when you value God's word you will love it why you will you wake up in the morning you are in a hurry to go to work for money but you don't have time to stay in the word of God You can't listen to the broadcast for a few minutes. You can't study the word of God for a few minutes. And you are in a hurry to go spend eight hours at work. At the end of the day, what is in your mind will control whatever pay they give you. And if it's chaff in your mind, and I mean chaff by chaff, I mean if what is in your mind has no relevance as far as God's word is concerned, your choices will be poor. Do you know that what makes people poor are their choices? And do you know that the choices people make is a reflection of their thinking? And do you know that the things that form the basis of people's thinking are the the words that influence their lives? Do you know that? The choices people make in their marriages is in their thinking. In their homes, it's in their thinking. And all of that is influenced by the Word of God. So, love the Word of God. When you really, 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 really want to build your life on God's Word and love it. I've been a lover of God's Word for many years. From can put this as a student. I, I chew Bible. I memorize Bible. I've told you again and again. I am not uh, gifted uh, with supernatural memory like uh, Prophet Kakabidi. I learn scriptures. I have friends who can quote a whole entire page, uh, uh, chapters of the Bible, and those things excite me. Praise the Lord. I long for that. I long for that. There are some of you you are going through life. You know so much, but if they put a gun in your head, give me ten Bible uh, verses. Quotations, chapter and verse. Ten of them, just single, single. Ten of them, 15, 20 of them, and I will let you go free. They will shoot you. Yeah, they will shoot you. Because you cannot. You cannot. You cannot. And listen, let me tell you. While you are not having that kind of challenge in the flesh, you are having that kind of challenge in the spirit. And that's more suicidal You are being shot at 24-7. Do you know the place where your greatest battles are fought? Is here. And that goes on endlessly. That's 24-7. Satan is bombarding you with negative thinking. And if you don't have the word of God to guard your mind, he will con- confuse you. This man, the way he's going, this woman, the way she's going, you should just leave it. You know, listen, you can even end it all. Just take your life and everything will be free. And if you look at your life also, when you decide to take it, it looks like you'll be free. Praise the Lord. It's so critical. Let's not joke with God's word. This is a house of the word. And you must love the word of God and pursue the word of God. I'm not going to get somebody here. So, when you want to build your life on God's word, it starts with loving the word. Number two, you have to learn it because what you love, you will learn. What you love, when it's taught, you are excited. What you love, when it's taught, you make notes. If you love the word of God and the word is being taught, you make notes, you take notes. You, you go for the uh, uh, podcast, you listen again and again. You learn it, and then, of course, you lean upon it. Somebody say, I lean upon the Word. Yeah, so you learn the Word, and you lean upon the Word. Lean on it when you are making decisions. When somebody offends you, lean on the Word to make a decision. When you are struggling with unforgiveness, lean upon the Word to make a decision. Submit to the authority of a Word in all things. And then, of course, leave the Word. Somebody say, Leave the Word. And if you do, your life will certainly not be the same again. This year, you have a super year. I said this year you have a super year Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Today I'm looking at the second foundation, which is none other. Give me First Corinthians 3 and verse number 10. For by the grace given me, I lay the foundation as a wise master. And someone else is building upon it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any other foundation. Any foundation other than the one already what? which is so what is he telling you? He says, Jesus is a foundation. Can you see that? Yeah, if you understand that. He says, Jesus is a foundation. No other foundation can any man lay except that which is Christ Jesus. And it's important. I I really wish I had time to do justice to this. But I'm sure in the course of the year, I may come back to this again. Because you see, when you understand that your life begins with Christ, you will be very careful how you deal with Christ and anybody associated with Christ. You have no life outside Christ. Say, I have no life outside Christ. Outside. Say, I have, no I have no life outside Christ. Outside. Now, do you remember the Bible says that he that hath the son has life, and he that had not the son has no life. So, in other words, you have no life outside Christ. Look at uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 28. It says, for in him we live and move and exist. As some of our own poets have said, we are his. We are his. Okay, so he said, for in him, take note of the word in him, because that is who a Christian is defined. In the, that is how a Christian is described or defined in the New Testament. In the New Testament, when we say somebody is a Christian, he is not necessarily somebody who goes to church, somebody who pays tithe, but somebody who is in Christ. If you pay tithe because you are in Christ and you are doing so, that's different. You can give all you want. If you are not in Christ, you are not a Christian. Praise the Lord. To be a Christian means you are in Christ. That's why Second Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, For if any man be in Christ, somebody say, if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Where are you a new creation? Where are you born again? Where are you a new personality? When you are in Christ. Praise the Lord. And you get into Christ when you embrace God's gift of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So you have no life outside Christ. This is why this foundation is very, very important. We live in times where we have Christians who take their foundation from David and they pray Davidic prayers. Psalm 109, let them die, render them helpless, let their children be made fatherless, and let their wives be made widows. And they reign all kinds of things. And when they finish speaking, you ask yourself, are these people in Christ or they are in David? Because the last time I checked, when some people wanted to call down fire on Some people in Christ, Christ told them that's not what I've come for. I did not come to destroy man's life, I came to save it. So that's Christ. That's Christ's position. Christ says, When somebody offends you, you are to pray for him. When somebody persecutes you, you are to pray for him, bless them, curse not. That's what Christ says. I have not read anywhere that Christ said, Curse those who come after you, whether it's on Facebook or wherever. Curse them, let them, no, 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 there's no place like that. You see, we have to understand who we are in Christ. We are Christians, and being a Christian means that primarily you are different from all other breeds of people. That's why I said you are a new creation, you are different. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And this happens in Christ. So please understand this. There are some prayers, they are not Christ-centered prayers. They are no Christ-centered prayers. They are no Christ-centered. They are not Christ-centered, but this is for another day. Look at this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. And sometimes the argument people make is that, okay, so why is it that when they curse, it happens? You see, you don't understand how the spirit word works. The spirit word works with words. And when negative words are spoken, and the recipient believes in them, or he becomes afraid for them, they happen. That's why they happen. That's why they happen. It's not that that's what God wants to do. That's not God's will. God's will. The express will of God is seen in Christ. If you want to know who God is, you see God in Christ. Somebody say, I see God in Christ. Because that's what, look at this. He said, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. How many of you have seen God before? No. Nobody has seen God before. Not even Moses. It said that Moses saw the back of God. No. According to Timothy, nobody has seen God before. The Bible said God dwells in an inapproachable light. Where no man can come to. He's an invisible God. The Bible calls him an invisible God. Immortal. That's what Timothy says. He said Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. The God you cannot see. You saw him in Christ. That's why Philip asked Jesus. He said, show us the Father. He said, oh, I'm surprised, Philip. You've been with me for the past three years and you're asking me this question. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, if you see me live in a certain way, that's how the Father will live. For God. You see, the New Testament is different from the Old Testament. In the New Testament, all things are centered in Christ. The Old Testament, to every prophecy, pointed to Christ. All the prophecies, all the revelations, they were, they were just showing us Christ. Praise the Lord. And it's unfortunate that in our times, though Christ has come, He has come to fulfill. And we are in this dispensation, a lot of people are still living under the Old. Praise the Lord. I see you living in your new environment. It's like somebody who has gone to the US or he's gone to the UK and he's living like he's in uh, Accra, Adenta. He goes to the market to buy. He picks 100 pounds and he's calculating. 100 pounds should be about 2,000 Ghana City, right? No, I can't use it to buy this. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You are in a new environment, but you are living like the old environment. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, listen. He said he existed before anything else was created. This is why Christ is a foundation. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Verse 16, he says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, hi, 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 hi. in the unseen world, everything was created through him and for him. Did you see that? Christ made thrones, principalities, dominions, and all authorities in the unseen world. That's why when we say, if any man be in Christ, Satan cannot touch him. Praise the Lord. That's why we can speak like this. That's why. That is the basis of our authority. Look at verse 17. He said, verse 18, Christ, no, verse 17, he existed before anything else. If you are looking for something to build your life upon, you don't think this is a better foundation? The one that existed before anything else. So when you are marrying, Marry on the foundation of Christ. Are you with me? Because he existed before anything. Before marriage was there. And the Bible says he will host all creation together. In other words, Christ can hold your marriage together. Praise God. As a pastor, I've helped people deal with various marriage issues. Some of them, sadly, are, are broke apart. But in all of it, the bottom line, the crisis I see with most relationships is the Christ-centeredness. Because the moment Christ becomes the center, we all take our places. Praise God. But in a marriage, when the husband becomes a center, you have problems. Children become a center, you have problems. When the, the wife becomes a center, you have problems. Keep Christ at the center. Praise God. It's not about you. It's not about him. It's about Christ. What will Christ say? My husband insulted me. I feel like slapping him. What will Christ say? My wife insulted me. I feel like letting her go. What will Christ say? That is how a believer behaves. Am I communicating here? Now, if we will always operate on that score, we will always come up on top. Somebody has offended me. This is what, I don't want to see him again. What will Christ say? When Judas betrayed him, he called him friend because he knows that all things work together for the good of them that love God. Am I communicating it? You have no lie. Look at that. Verse 18. Christ is also the head of a church which Is his body? Please take note of that. He's the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. This is where the principle of the first fruit is coming from. He's first in everything. Christ is first in everything, and that's what the believer is. Ah, how can I give my whole salary to God? Because he's first in everything. I'm I communicating here. I don't struggle with I don't debate with that. How can I take my whole first uh, profit for my business and give it? Because he's first in everything. I can't do it because. Because money is first in my life. But when Christ is first, it's easier to do that. Am I communicating here? Please, get this straight. You, will, you will, Your Christian life will always be a miserable experience if you don't understand Christ and who he is, what he has done, and what you are supposed to do in Christ. Are you here with me? Christ is here in everything. Look at this. He says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Woo. <laughs> in all his fullness was pleased is to live in Christ and through him and through him God let's read that together wow and through him God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross can somebody shout hallelujah Hallelujah. that's what happened you have been reconciled to God Oh, pastor, I feel far away from God. Draw me close to you. That's why you can't sing that kind of song. Because he has already reconciled you to himself. Praise the Lord. He's not drawing you. He has already drawn you. There are songs, when you sing some songs, it makes God feel distant away from you. But God is not distant away from you. Christ is in you. Am I communicating here? That's it. He has reconciled you to himself. And he has made peace. Can you see? Say, God is at peace with me. So be at peace with yourself and be at peace with others. God is at peace. In, in and in the midweek series, I'll be teaching on the wrath of God. How, what are we saved from? Because there are people, they think that the wrath of God is awaiting for them. There are people who think God is against them. God doesn't like them. God, And they are trying to, some people do, they do all kinds of sacrifice upon sacrifice. They give and the giving they are giving is so God will accept them. Listen, you came too late. God has already accepted you. He doesn't need any offering whatsoever. If you like, give. If you like, don't give. But that's not the basis of God's acceptance. Can somebody say an amen? Amen. That's not the basis of God's acceptance. What? We needed to give for God to accept us. None of us ever had it. And none of us could have it. So God himself gave that thing that we needed to give in order for him to accept us. And after he gave that in, it became the basis for his acceptance. So he has accepted us through that means. And anybody who will not refuse, who refused to accept uh, Christ now will have to defend himself before God. And that's where Judgment Day will come in. Now look at this. Four reasons why Christ is a foundation you can build your life upon. Why is Christ such a foundation you can build your life upon? Number one, Christ is our access. I'm using four A letters. Christ is our access. Four A words. Christ, somebody say, Christ is my access. Say it with confidence. There's life in death on your tongue. Christ is my access. access. Yeah, Christ is your access. Romans 5.1. He said, therefore being justified by faith, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have what? We have what? By whom we have what? Access. We have access by faith into this grace where we we start. We have access. Somebody say I have access. I have access. Say I have access. I have access. Yeah, you have access. In the Old Testament they, nobody, nobody had access except the high priest. The only person who had access to God was the high priest. And even the high priest, before the high priest could come to God, he had to make a sacrifice for himself and cleanse himself because he was not pure enough. Praise the Lord. Now if the high priest was not pure enough, Then, how about the children of Israel? But Christ became our sinless sacrifice. The high priest who offered the sacrifice for himself before he cannot qualify to offer for the people. Christ never needed to offer a sacrifice for himself because he was sinless. And then he offered a one-time sacrifice for those of us who are after him, those who place our faith in him. So that any time, when you need God at 12 midnight, when you need God at 1 a.m., when you need God at the crucial hour of your life, you don't need to call pastor. You don't need to do anything. You can call him from the prison. You can call him from under the belly of the sea, just like Jonah cried and God heard him. Any time any day, you have unhindered access to God 24-7. I'm not communicating somebody? You have Somebody say, I have access. I have access. Say, I have access. I have access. You have access to God. You have access. You can come to God boldly. That's what the Bible says. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Don't come to God with timidity. Don't come to God afraid that he might strike you down. Don't come to God afraid that because I lied, because I cheated, because I did this, hey, God will not hear me. God will not answer me. No, 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 no. no. The prodigal son was a total mess, but the father's arms were open, waiting for him to come. Why? Because the price has already been paid. I'm not communicating here. The price for eternal access to God has been paid. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. He's, he said, no man can come to the Father except through me. Are you with me? There are many ways to God. Please, don't allow anybody to deceive you. There are fables and traditions of men. There are no many ways to God. There's one way to God, And that way is Christ Jesus. He's our only access to God. Somebody say, Christ. Is my access to God? Yes. Say Christ. Yes. Is my access to God? Yes. Look at First Peter three eighteen. He says, "For Christ also had once." Sacrifice for Christ also had once suffered for us. Three, verse eighteen. Give me the New Living Translation, please. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. Do you see that? How many times must Christ suffer? Once. Once. That's why when we say you are once you are forgiven, you are eternally forgiven. People can understand. You are forgiven. Eternally forgiven. Praise the law. So when you go wrong, forgiveness is already available. Forgiveness, you don't need to go and fast for 40 days for God to forgive you about any sin. There are people, I know some pastors who can give people, oh, he said you committed abortion. Then you have to fast for the next seven days to clean your womb and God will restore you. That is child. That's, a, That's a, a pastor who doesn't know the Bible. Praise the Lord. He says he never sinned, but he died for sinners. To bring, somebody said, Bring. Bring us safely home. to Bring us safely home. Bring us safely home. Please talk back to me. Bring us safely home. What did Christ die to bring you safely home to God? And when you are home, you are home. When the prodigal son came home, they didn't ask him how many sins he committed. Praise the Lord. Do you know that when the father, when the guy was about to confess all the sins, the father said, that's not necessary. Listen, you are home. He said, I, I can, he started recounting. Go back and read it. He started recounting. The father did not say, he said, hurry up! Let's celebrate. He's home. That's what is important. It's not about what he did. Now he's home. And once he's home, we are going to teach him, we are going to instruct him, he will be fine. I'm not complicating here. Listen, when people come to church, let's not watch out for what they are wearing, what they are not wearing. Once they are home, it's enough. They can come with dreadlocks, it's enough. They can come with earrings like necklaces, whatever. All of that are enough. Let the people be free. Once they come home, it's enough. Over time, God will work on them. Over time God will clean them up. Over time, they will become the right people God wants them to be. Am I communicating to somebody here? Christ are, I says, number two, Christ is our acceptance. You have to be sure of the foundation of Christ because He's our acceptance. Somebody say, I'm accepted. Say, I'm accepted in Christ. I'm accepted in Christ. Look at this. To the praise, Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Why He had made us accepted in the beloved? Somebody say, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. Now, when Jesus was being baptized, they said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well, please. Now, you are also in him, if any man be in Christ. And while you are in Christ, you are accepted in the beloved. God does not accept you because of you. He accepts you because of Christ. Praise the Lord. That's why you are eternally accepted. Somebody say, I'm eternally accepted. accepted. Listen, God is not happy when you sin, but God does not reject you because you sin. Is that okay? Is that okay with you? I said, God is not happy when you sin, but he is not also mad and will reject you and doesn't want to see your face. And you know, there are some parents who are like that. When their child misbehaves uh, for weeks, they will not even mind you. Praise the Lord. No, no, God is not like that. He accepts you. He's not happy about what you have done, but he has accepted you because that one is a finished work. It never has to do with you. Praise the Lord. It's to do with Christ. When Jesus came, he didn't come to preach rejection. He said, I have come to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the message he brought. It didn't bring a message of rejection that God, God does not select people. If you are not like this, if you are not like this, you don't dress like this. If you wear, uh, what do you call it, uh, earrings, you will go to hell. You will, oh, <laughs> Africans can be put people in bondage. And not just Africans, but religion can people people in bondage. Praise with the Lord. Lord. So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you gain acceptance with God. Number three, Christ is our adoption. In Christ, we are adopted. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Say it boldly. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. You are not a slave to fear. You are a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Ooh. Listen, the, the conception, God's conception of you as his child did not begin with you. It began before you came. Somebody say, it began before I came. That God conceived you. He he became pregnant with you as his child. Many years before you were born. Your mother and your father have not met when God conceived you as his child. Praise the Lord. Because according to Ephesians, again, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. He said, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, by Jesus Christ, he predestinated us. Give me the New Living Translation. He did it long in advance. The same verse, long in advance. He predestinated us. Predestinated. Somebody say predestinated. Now, when, when you have a predestination, like for instance, you know, when you are going with, with this Ubers or you are using a navigation, if you travel outside and you are using a navigation with your vehicle, you enter your destination before you set up. You predestine yourself. So you, you put where you are going, Before you get there, you put it inside. Now, is it before you came to Christ, Christ came to you. Praise the Lord. That is the story of grace. Grace is not that you are coming to God. Grace is that God has come to you. When you couldn't come to him, God came to you. That's grace. He said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. By bringing us to himself through who? Through Jesus Christ. So you cannot gain acceptance, adoption into God's family without Christ. Say, I believe in Buddha, I believe in Muhammad. Uh, free fine. You are free to believe in what you want to believe. But listen, on judgment day, you will not be free to decide how you are judged. Praise God. He that have the son has life. He that has not have the son has not have life. He said he decided long in advance. He said, and this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Somebody say it pleases God. Yeah. It gives him pleasure to see us adopted into his family. That's what. Do you know why the Holy Spirit is in you? He gave the Holy Spirit as a seal that the deal is done. He's God? Ephesians says He is the seal. He sealed us. He sealed us. When you make a seal, the lawyers will understand. The seal. And in the Old Testament, that was a very significant thing. When they passed a law, you know, in the book of Nezah made a decree he sealed it with a signet once it is stamped on it it means the deal is irrevocable yesterday i was speaking about uh, something with the uh, Dikinabi, and he was telling me about the implications and all of that i was just trying to find if there is uh, some other way out and he was telling me about the inside ins and outs of the deal we had made Praise the law so the seal is a seal god has sealed you With the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord. That's why praying in tongues must be a daily affair because every time you pray in tongues, you are reminding yourself that I'm a child of God. I'm eternally the child of God. I am sealed. I belong to God. You know, a seal is also uh, uh, something that demonstrates ownership. It means that God owns you. Somebody say, God owns me. So in Christ is what? Our access in Christ is our acceptance. In Christ is our adoption. In Christ is our authority. Somebody say I have authority. Say I have authority over principalities and powers. Say it, I have authority. You are not saying it like you mean it. I have authority over principalities and powers. Don't let people bulldoze you and uh, deceive you and disturb your peace with dreams and visions. You have authority. The Bible said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Colossians 2, verse 9 to 10. The New Living translation, please. For in Christ, let's read it. For in Christ, okay. Uh So you are every ruler and authority. Can you understand that? You are ruler over every. In fact, the King James says, Who is the head over every principality and power? Because you are complete in him. Which is the head of all? Somebody say all. Say all. Say all. All means a community is part. All means that the witches in your home, where you have not visited for the last six years, is part. All means that that man who is from a certain part of Ghana, I don't want to mention who works with you in the office and you think he's doing things against you? His part. His Bible says you are completing him, which is the head of all principality and power. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Oh, Oh, I will never spend one day disturbing myself that somebody has taking my picture somewhere. It's not necessary. It's not a prayer point. They will tell you, bring one bag of rice. We'll fast for you. Bring one. Listen. Listen, pastor, you are hungry. You need food. Say, Pastor, uh, uh, please help me. Help me. Give me one bag of rice and I'll be grateful. That is better than telling somebody, bring a, a carton of milo. I'm going to fast for you because somebody is want, wants to bring you down. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating here? Oh, somebody say, Oh. oh. Say, oh. oh. He is the head of all power. And then, amazingly, he has also been given a name that is above every name. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is not only the head of all power, but he's been given a name above every name. And you know who has to use authority to use that name you? In the name of Jesus. Principalities cannot do it. Praise the Lord. Principalities. I remember many years ago when we for a camp meeting and we we're casting out devils. And there was this lady who was manifesting, and the brother leading the team said, In the name of Jesus. any ah! time he mentioned the name Jesus, no son has to say. They can't hear the name. Because demons tremble at the name. The Bible said, at the name of Jesus. Every knee bows. Every tongue confesses that Christ is Lord. Am I communicating here? Listen, you either believe in this or they will continue to take advantage of you for life. That's it. Choose to believe in this or choose to be giving your money to quacks and charlatans. Am I communicating here? Yeah, it's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. Three ways to build your life on the foundation of Christ. Christ is a solid foundation because he's your authority. Number one, embrace him as savior and submit to his lordship. Somebody say, embrace him as savior and submit to his lordship. Embrace him as savior and submit to his lordship. Now it's important. You see, these things I'm teaching, you won't get it when I'm teaching it. You have to listen again and again, again and again to really get it. I told you that when you come to church, sometimes when you're hearing this truth, there seems to be a lot of life and energy. But when challenges come, you are not able to, you don't have that same energy. It's because the truth has not penetrated and become rooted in you. I've told you countless times where I will sit in a plane and the first thing Satan comes to tell me, this is your last flight. Last time I was speaking to a very dear friend of mine and he was apparently saying the same thing. He said, ah, The last time I went to Accra. In fact, I, I actually picked him from the airport on that day and I didn't know what had happened. And he was telling me that actually when I was about to board the plane, <laughs> Satan told me that it is my last time. My wife and children, <laughs> praise the Lord. But there are people who, when that thought comes, they may call me. Pastor, could you please pray with me? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad for your pastor to pray for you. But if you are living perpetually, now, can you imagine that at that time of great fear, I'm out of coverage area. Your cell leader is not available. Your zona pastor is not available. Oh, there are people, I don't know, a certain guy came here, got a, a certain car, and he had, somebody gave him a revelation that he had crashed with a car so. He said he was going to sell the car. <laughs> Listen, this is what they call control and manipulation. There are pastors who can tell you that, and then you see, uh, uh, say, uh, this car, uh, I have to use it for the next one year to clear the demons out of it. Listen, pastor needs car. Tell the people that I need car. Please help me. Let me have a car. If I get a car, I'll be more profitable to you. I'll be able to minister to you better. That is a better way to do it. It's an honest approach than to say that somebody should bring you his car. Listen, because there's nothing like that. Am I communicating? There's nothing like that. But because we don't want to uh, uh, experience the truth of God's word for ourselves. You know, the reason why a lot of, there's a lot of mess and people sometimes, even Christians talk about it and there are a lot of, you can't have false prophets and false teachers without false Christians. They all go together. When you have false prophets, there are false Christians who are following them. When you have false teachers, there are false Christians who are following them. That's what happens. That's what happens. So he said, embrace him. Somebody say embrace him. Look at this. Second Peter 2 verse 20. He says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge, Ah, see, scripture is so beautiful. He said, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, when you place your faith in Christ, it's an escape route. How many of you remember Sunday, uh, last Wednesday, I was telling you that salvation is an escape route. He said, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, and Peter is telling us here. He said, How shall we, after we have escaped, he said, Through the knowledge? There are two words I want you to take note of of the Lord and Savior of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah, you see, that is the dual relationship you have with God. Jesus is your Savior, and Jesus is your Lord. Say, Jesus is my Savior, and Jesus is my Lord. Say, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. Yes. All right. Unfortunately, there are people who receive Jesus as Savior, but they don't want him to be Lord. And I realize that if you meet a Christian who is living in sin, if you meet a Christian whos who doesn't look like one, if you live a Christian who is not happy with his life in Christ, that is typically a Christian who has accepted Christ as his Savior, but has not allowed him. To rule and lead him as his Lord. Are you with me here? Christ is both Savior and Lord. That he's your Savior means that when you die, you are are in charge. But he's your Lord means that you don't live your life by yourself. Now listen, you can't go to live in a property and say uh, the gate of this property. I will determine when it's close. Without the consent of the landlord, he will throw you out so that you go and build one. Praise the Lord. The landlord owns the property. If Christ is your Lord, it means he owns you. Are you with me here? Yeah? yeah, he owns you. That's why I can't use my body to fornicate like I want to. I may feel like it, but I can't use it. Why? Because the body is not my own. Christ, he said, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God and your body and your spirit, which are, which is Christ. So, that's it. It's not that because I'm afraid of hell, because there's no hell for me. That's not what I'm going But the body now is not my own. He purchased me with his own blood. And if the body is not my own, how can I use it? I don't have the right to use it. Am I communicating? I use it as, as an act of love and honor for my Lord. That's it. So, Christ must be your Lord and your Savior. Somebody has offended you and you want to really deal with the person. Christ is your Savior. But when He is your Lord, when He says, forgive and let it go, you've got to forgive and let it go. Am I communicating here? When your Lord speaks, it's final. Am I communicating here? That's what Christ is. That's what Christ is. Christ says, husbands, don't be bitter against your wife. And you have carried bitterness for the last two years against your wife. Christ is your Savior, but not your Lord. Christ is your Savior. Christ is your Savior. Christ is your savior. savior. When Christ is your Lord, he tells what you use your money for. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Christ is your Lord. Your money must be used to honor his name, not just to serve your personal interest and what you just want to do with your life. No. Am I communicating here? Christ is your Savior and your Lord. Now listen, when you come to the place where Christ becomes genuinely your Lord, I'm telling you, you'll be happy the rest of your days. You will really live life with peace and with harmony with yourself. Enjoy your life. And he can because when he is your lord, he knows that you will do what he tells you to do. And that no so yeah, he knows he's your Lord. You know, he tell when I tell Pastor Ray, Pastor Ray is my assistant pastor, and he sees me as a senior pastor. Whatever I tell him to do, he will do it. And because I know whatever I will tell him, he will do it. Anything I need to give him, I can give him. Because at any one point in time, whatever I tell him to do with it, he will use it to do it. And that is the reason why a lot sometimes God is not able to entrust us with a lot of things because the, the things God gave to you, they are taking over His role as a Lord in your life. So you don't use the money the way God wants you to use it; you use it the way you want to use it. That's why He can't entrust you with more. Praise God! Am I communicating somebody here? If you don't get this foundation, a lot on, under the Old Testament people are doing it uh, uh, to avoid the curse. There is no curse today. Tight, don't tight. There is no curse. God is not in the business of cursing people. There's no curse. He loves to, you too much that he made Christ to come and die. Why would he put a curse on you? When he didn't know Christ, he made him to die for you. Why would he put a curse on you? God has not, He said Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He made a curse for us. But once we are no longer under the law, because he is our Lord, our Lord lives in us by his spirit. And our Lord speaks to us how we ought to live our lives. So, there is no law. When the Bible said there is no law, under, you are not under grace, but you are under Christ. And under Christ, there is no law. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you are free to do anything you, you please. It means that you are allowing Christ to lord it over you. You've heard people say, don't lord it over me. Have you heard that? Don't lord it over me. Yeah, well, you can't say that to Christ. Christ must be law. Somebody say, Christ must be law." Yeah, he has to be law. He has to be Lord. He's Lord or not at all. Number two, grow. Grow in him. So number one is that you will accept him as Savior and Lord. Submit to him as Lord and grow in him. Somebody say grow in him. Say grow in him. Oh, give me Colossians 2, 7. Back. The New Living translation, please. The New Living translation. Speaking tones for a few moments. Angrado cosaga dadaba albrode zabadiba le crede kazumbe de varia lagaso badeha ipradeke zumbe de keliba ande brade varusa heta calabrade varosa and Jesus precious name let's let's look at it he said verse 6 6 to 7 now just ask you what just ask you what why Why is he using the word accepted? Because that's what it is. Most of the time we say, I gave my life to Christ. No, we accepted Christ. You didn't give your life. It is after you have accepted him that your life can be given to him. You accepted Christ. And then later on he says, present your body to me. So you accept God's gift of Christ. And then you give. That is one thing that would help you with generosity. And I'll talk about it. Generosity does not begin with you. It begins with God. When you give, starting from God's end, you are able to give with a better attitude. But when giving starts with you, you become disappointed, you become quiet in your attitude, and you do all kinds of things. He said, just as you have accepted. So our relationship with God began when we accepted what God gave to us. Are you with me here? That's where it started. When we accepted what God gave to us, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you must continue to follow him. So it's not like accept and go home. Accept and follow. Say, accept and follow. Accept and follow. But as you are following, look at verse 7. He said, let your roots grow. Let your roots. And 2023, your root will grow. Amen. I said, 2023, your root will grow. Amen. And that's why I'm going to spend time teaching on what I'm teaching. So it will help you to grow. I am not in a hurry at all. God spoke to me after how many years of doing this ministry to work on this path. And I know I have just begun. And I'm laying the foundation. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I am not in a hurry at all. He says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built of him. <laughs> Ooh, let your life, let your roots grow deep. Then your faith, look at that, do you see that? Then your faith will Grow strong in the truth you were taught and you overflow with thankfulness. Why is your faith weak? Because you have not grown in Christ. Why is your faith not strong? Because I have ah, my faith. I don't know what has happened to my faith. Pastor, I have my faith. I can't have your faith. You can only help your faith when you grow roots in Christ. Praise God. When you become rooted in Christ, your faith becomes unshakable. faith. That's what happens. That is what it happens. And that's why you have a pastor. You have a pastor essentially to teach you to grow. That is what a pastor does. He, he's supposed to. You see, when a child grows, you don't do the job for a child. child does the job for himself. When a person grows, there are things you used to do for a child. You used to bath a child. You used to clean their poo-poo. But once they grow up, you show them where the WC is and they can sort it out themselves. Praise the Lord. And God gave you five fold ministry, pastor, prophet, teacher. All of it is to design with one objective to equip you so that you are well equipped for life and for the work of ministry. Look at that. I'm not just saying something from my head. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 to 15. In the New Living Translation, in verse 11, let's start from verse 11, he says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to where? The church, apostles, prophets teachers then go on he says dear please read that with me dear it's what equip god's people to do and build the church the body of christ what's my responsibility to equip you to do the work to equip you. Then he says, go. How are we to equip you? This will continue. This equipping must continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. And the knowledge of God, son, that we will be matured where? In the law. That's why you have a pastor. You have a pastor to mature you. You don't have a pastor to do the job for you. I'm not the one who's supposed to cast Satan out for you. I'm not the one who's supposed to pray for you when you are sick. At a, when you mature at a certain level, you are not waiting to be sick so that you call pastor and pastor will pray for you. You are looking for the sick to lay hands upon the sick, so the sick will recover. Am I communicating somebody? That's a mature believer. He said that you be matured in the Lord, Measuring up to the full and complete standard in Christ. Verse 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then we will no longer be mature, like children. And what children? He said, we won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. Today they say this, they say uh, tight is no, they say, they say this, and we are falling for it. No, no, no. Be rooted. Be grounded. You have to be rooted. I mean, there are people, people who were giving before. When people uh, sat home and they gave them all kinds of things, they stopped giving because they say, no, no. You you see, when you are not rooted, anything can hurt you. Anything can stop your move. Praise the Lord. We have to be rooted. We mature by learning. We mature by teaching. Let me close with this. Live for Him. Somebody say live for Him. Alright, live for Him. Live for Him. Live for Him. So, we we'll build our lives on the foundation of Christ by Embracing Him as Savior and submitting His leadership. Growing and maturing in Him. And then by living for Him. Somebody say live for Him. Say live for Him. I live for Jesus. Day after day. I live for Jesus. Oh come what may. The Holy Spirit. I will obey. I live for Jesus Day after day I live for Jesus Let's sing it together
0: Day after
1: day I live for Him I
0: live for Jesus
1: Oh come with me Oh come with me The Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit I will obey I will obey I live for Jesus, Jesus day after The, day after the day. Holy Scriptures I will obey. I live, I live for oh Jesus. Jesus day after day. day. Now let me close. Time is up. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. I live for him. If your life is built on Christ, you will not just accept him, you live for him. Look at this. He died for everyone. Let's read this together, please. One go. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. There's no law under grace. So I can sin all I want. Changes the equation. Praise God. There's no law. We are not under the law, but we are under Christ. Praise the Lord. He died for you So, Those who have received They will not live for themselves Instead They will live What? For Christ Who died and was raised for them Christ died and was raised That's how you're supposed to You can't live for yourself I, I do what I feel like doing I do what I want No, no, no A Christian doesn't live like that This is what I feel I will just tell him my peace of mind Because that's what I feel I'm tired of the marriage So I'm going That's how I feel No, no, that's how a Christian lives A Christian lives for Christ You live for Christ Most of the time, we are quick to point that Christ has died for us. Yes, he died for you. But he died for you so you can also live and die for others. Not that you will live. Am I communicating here? Only one person heard it and he's clapping. Christ died so you would live and die for others. That is Christianity. Christianity is not, uh, that's why true Christians are never afraid to die. Particularly if they are dying because of Christ, they embrace it. That's why the early Christians, they could hang on the cross. They were crucifying Peter the other day, and they were crucifying him like this. Peter said, according to history, he said, I am not ready to be crucified like my master, so turn my head upside down. So they crucified Peter. His head was down. His feet were up. Why? Because the Bible said they loved not their lives, even unto them. They knew how to live for Christ. You can give. Can you live for Christ? Can you lay down your life for Him? Struggling with fast food, can you lay down your life Struggling with forgiveness, can you lay down your life for Him? Struggling with addictions, can you lay down your life for him. This is what I feel like doing. I can't stop it. No, you can't stop it. When you know that somebody died, when you are on your way to hell, somebody died so that you will be eternally safe from going to hell. Living for him should be a delight and a pleasure. Am I communicating somebody at all? That's why we live. We are not, we, are, we don't stay away from sin because God is going to punish us for sin. No, our punishment for sin has already been paid for. Christ paid for our punishment for sin. All our sins have been paid for. The believer, God is not going to judge the believer's sins. No, He has already judged the believer's sin in Christ. What God is going to judge the believer for is what the believer used his life and resources for while he was alive. Am I communicating here? It is unbelievers who will pay their own penalty for their sin. Our sin has already been paid for. And so sin is not the problem. That's why sin can never keep anyone away from God. Praise the Lord. It can never. When you sin, come to God because when you are sick, you go to the hospital. Am I communicating here? When you sin, you don't run away from God. You run to where solution is. Am I communicating? God is not angry with you when you are sinned. He's not happy, but he's not angry with you because you have sinned. No, the price has been paid for. Acknowledge forgiveness and then move on. I will show you the consequences of sin. Okay, Pastor. So you are saying that if I fornicate, I will still go to heaven? Yes, you will. But on earth, yeah, there are some consequences that will come. With you. Because the price for your spirit has been paid for. You will. You will. If I steal, will I go to heaven? Yes, you will. Because what is taking you to heaven is not your stealing or not stealing. It's your faith that you are placed in Christ. For by grace we are saved through faith. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So if my not stealing will take me to heaven, then I'm going to heaven by my works. But you see, when you steal and the government of Ghana catches you, you know, they will keep you in jail the rest of your life. And if it's a very bad one, they may take your head off. Thank God in this country we don't practice capital punishment. Am I communicating here? That's the truth of scripture. Have you been blessed this morning? My time is fine. I couldn't fully exhaust this but we will give up to this. Praise the Lord.
0: Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org.